Hi everyone and welcome to That Teacher Podcast. My name's Josh Vine, your host, and this podcast is dedicated to helping teachers improve their pedagogy for better learning outcomes. In every episode, we discuss practical teaching tips that are evidence-based and simple to implement. We hope you're inspired and encouraged in what you do as teachers. So let's get into it and enjoy the show. Well, hi, everyone, and welcome to That Teacher Podcast. Josh Vine here coming from Australia. And uh, our last podcast, Cameron, was all about COVID-19 and some hopefully practical and helpful tips and programs that you can use for remote learning. We talked all things Microsoft Teams, and we talked about Zoom as options for doing conference calling and connecting with your class, even though we're all somewhat isolated and uh, and that kind of thing, and being able to continue teaching our students. Um, and we thought today we would actually take it one step further, and let's pretend that a teacher has taken our advice, and now they're using Zoom or Microsoft Teams or some sort of conferencing uh, application or program. We wanted to try and help teachers think about how can I craft a great lesson during the pandemic? What does a good lesson now look like, even though I don't have the students necessarily uh, in the room with me? Mm. And so, Cameron, I thought, who better to talk about this than than you, my friend? I must be your favorite colleague. You must be. You must be. You're on my my fourth podcast and my third. Uh, And so I thought, I can't get enough of of uh, talking to Cameron. Twice as many as anyone else. That's right. We need to talk to you more. Um, and so, Cam, maybe just talk us through mm-hmm. uh, some of the things that you're doing to still run a great lesson during the, the time that we're in right now, which yeah. is this COVID-19 pandemic. All right. So I imagine like many teachers at the beginning of this pandemic, when school started getting put into uh, either some sort of half shutdown, three quarter shutdown or full shutdown, um, I was feeling a little bit lost. And I imagine you were probably feeling the same way as to what the heck does a lesson look like now? I'm in a pandemic um, and my students aren't in front of me and I've got to use some sort of technology and there's some expectation that there's going to be continuity and all that sort of stuff. And, you know, um, our, our students want good education. The parents want good education for their um for their their kids particularly if you're in a private school and you know parents are paying for it and you're thinking how am i going to do this how am i going to create something that's worthwhile and at the same time i know that parents are at home parents are going to be either the ones that are helping their kids stay on task um, or they may even be the one that's teaching content depending on how you want to deliver if you're sending instructions home then the parents are the ones that are sitting right next to the child maybe depending on the age bracket of, of the student that you're teaching so for me, I was feeling a little bit lost. I knew I just needed to sit down and start writing some ideas down. And so I'm going to run you through a few of the ideas that I had about what a really great lesson might look like during the pandemic. So here at school, we're using Schoolbox as our learning management system or LMS. Uh, And that's kind of the skeleton for our kids and the structure of how a course might go. We might put a quiz in there. We might put an assessment task or a worksheet up there. Um, But essentially, that's that's what we're using Schoolbox for. Uh, For me, because I'm using Microsoft Teams, that's my primary method of communication uh, in the chat forum there or either either that or through a conferencing um, uh, means. 
so before I would actually start a class, one of the things I would do is I would upload a lesson outline um, to Microsoft Teams along with the learning intention and success criteria. Now, I know learning intention and success criteria are two things we haven't talked about yet on the podcast, but I'm sure we will be getting to them um, uh, sometime soon, I imagine. Um, a quick, I suppose, a rationale. Why am I doing that? Why am I going to the effort of putting it up before class? Uh, well, I have noticed if you're waiting for kids to jump online, you probably lose, say, five minutes or so, maybe five minutes if, if you're on a roll and you're going, going really well, just getting kids jump online to a conference call. So um, that's already five minutes out of your, your session, your period of, of time. So for us here at our school, we've got 51 minutes period, 51 minute period. So if I lose five minutes, that's already a decent chunk of time. So I'm uploading the outline first so they know what it is they're getting in for. It helps kids with anxiety who um, who are already feeling a bit on edge about this know what to expect in the next period of, of learning. And, and so that's step one, and that's before the class. Yeah, that's awesome. I think it's so helpful to put things up there that students can look at in their own time and just be prepared for the next day. You know, our, our school box learning management system is almost like a file storage uh deposit box where we can just put whatever we're going to be using over the next few weeks already there and so students can go ahead and have a look at that stuff it may not be useful to them until we actually have the class but the fact that it's there shows the parents and the students that there is a pathway ahead and you know you can start to get prepared for the learning that's about to take place over the next few weeks all right, so that was step one. Let's go on to step two. And, and step two for me is when the, the call actually starts at the beginning of lesson. And so I would start a call. Maybe the call's been scheduled ahead of time so it happens automatically. I'm using either Microsoft Teams or Zoom. Uh, and then the first thing that I am doing is I'm marking the role. Uh, my rationale for choosing to mark an actual role, even though the kids aren't in attendance on site, is... Because when they're on site, we do it for two reasons. We want to see if they're physically there in case there's an emergency or something like that. But we also want to know who's there um, in case they miss out on something. And so we're primarily concerned about the second one now because they're physically not in our care at the moment, but they are still there in our care educationally. So we need to make sure we're looking after that. So I'm thinking to myself, I want to do that. The other thing too is if you're at the beginning of this pandemic whilst you're listening to this and you're starting to use technology, you want to find out who's connected and who hasn't connected and to see if they having any problems so that's that was my rationale for doing that the other really important one is it just keeps an element of normality um, the kids are used to having a, a role marked and um, you can make it fun if you want to um, but yeah that's why i'm going to be uh, doing a call like that yeah i love i love the fact that you know you're saying to people mark a role it helps keep normality um, and the other thing that it also does is it makes the learning important mm. it means that students realize that Actually, I'm still at school. I might, I might be at home, mm. but he's marking a role. He's checking that I'm here. And that, that means that that student is more likely to turn up to your next lesson and that, the next lesson because it. he knows that you're checking up. You're checking it to, to see who's there and who's not. Mm. Um, most likely because if they're not there over a series of lessons, we're going to make a phone call home to see if that student's doing okay. Yeah. So attendance is required and the students know that. And I know some schools have actually gone so far as to make sure that they've got a system in place where kids actually have to check on for the day or check on for the lesson and that's done automatically. Maybe your school might have something similar to that in place as well. 
Let's move on to step three. Step three, this is what often happens right at the beginning of a lesson, and I know that Josh has already gone through warm-ups with you uh, with Beth um, in one of the podcasts. I would do warm-ups. Um, why not? You're doing a live, uh, either a live recording or you're doing a, um, a, a live call. Um, you can do it in either. I've actually done it in both. I've done a recording using Zoom, and I've also done uh, warm-ups using Microsoft Teams in a live format, and both can work. Um, the only thing is that uh, you might feel a little bit silly doing the recording for warm-ups by yourself. You say, all right, guys, we're going to say the answer, three, two, one, and then you say it by yourself and no one else is there. But at the same time, the kids are going to be saying it at home and it helps them to know I'm doing it with my teacher. And so it's really great. Um, a, a note for you is that I have noticed, and it may be different around the world with different um, internet systems and things like that, there has been a small lag when trying to do warm-ups live when you're trying to get kids to answer um, uh, in unison. Um, however, the lag for me hasn't been bad enough to say that it isn't effective. The students uh, are able to do it all in one. Yeah, and I think that yeah, we've got to be real here. Yeah. And we've got thousands of people that have moved to online teaching. Oh, yeah. The the ability of the internet to be able to handle what we're doing, we're going to put tremendous strain on it. Lag is going to happen. But you know what? We're having a red-hot crack. Mm. Um, and if it's not exactly how we want it to be, then we've just got to, you know, have some grace for ourselves, uh, you know, kind of relax and, and go, you know what? I'm doing the absolute best that I can. Mm. I'm still teaching my students. It may not be as effective as if they were right in front of me. But uh, that's not the point. The point is, as we've talked about in previous podcasts, it's about connection. It's mm. about showing that you care. It's about showing that their education matters. And, you know, I, I think we need to take some pressure off ourselves as teachers. We are in a situation that has never been seen before. And, you know, the best thing we can do is just keep in contact with our kids and do our absolute best to keep teaching them. For sure, yeah. Um, and one last benefit, I suppose, or an upside to doing it live, uh, which I suppose is my encouragement, um, is that the students can hear the other kids' voices. Um, so it still gives them that sense of community that they are all in this together. And hey, it might not look real pretty when they're all answering slightly out of time, um, but it doesn't matter because the, the benefit of warm-ups is about the active recall. And the reason Research suggests that doing the active recall and um, you're bringing back prior learning, uh, that's the important part. So even if it doesn't look pretty, it's worth giving it a go anyway. So let's go on to uh, step four of um, what I suppose I thought would be a great uh, way to do a lesson in a pandemic is I would do a quick explanation of the learning intention and the success criteria. Uh, once again, I know there's going to be podcasts on this probably in the future, um, but for me, this is a good point where I stop. I explain to the students, all right, this is what you're going to learn about today, and this is how you know that you will be successful. And I think that this is going to be particularly important in the pandemic when they're not right there in front of you. Um, they may not be able to get the feedback um, in, in the same way they would if they were in class. So knowing, having it written down somewhere what I need to be able to achieve to be successful in this lesson is really important for the kids. Yeah, that's great, great advice, Cam. And I think that, again, at our school, it's become routine um, and it's just showing the kids that no, nothing's changed uh, in terms of how we're going to teach you. Mm. A lot has changed in terms of, of the approach that we have to take yep. and the method uh, being that we have to do this now online. But the actual pedagogical approach of learning intentions, success criteria, warm-ups, checking for understanding, they still remain because they are good teaching. Mm, that's Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. 
So step five. Uh, this is the part uh, that I suppose you um, you went and did a degree for. Uh, you're going to teach something. So um, you're going to teach a new content or a new skill from your subject area. You're going to show them how you do it um, and on your own, and then you're going to hopefully do it with them perhaps um, if you're doing it live. Um, or we'll might talk about some ways in which you could do it if you're doing a recording. For me, I would go 10 to 20 minutes. And that's what I'm aiming for. Um, but this could be different in lots of different schools. We have 50-minute periods here. I've seen schools with 40 minutes, 60 minutes, 70-minute periods. Um, and so this will vary greatly depending on the, um, the school you're at. Um, I would either direct students to a recording or I would do live instruction. I think there are benefits to both and I have tried both so far. Um, benefit to doing a recording, there's no interruption um, for technology. So the kids who don't have a great link, um, they're able to watch the recording and it's a lot smoother. They can even potentially download the whole thing to make sure that it is smooth. And it means that you control the pace and, there's, um, and even though students asking questions is a good thing, the benefit to this way is that you get to do the whole instruction at your pace and you can do it at a reasonable um, uh, reasonable pace. The thing that's also an, a, an additional benefit is you can say to kids multiple times throughout the recording, if you didn't get that with me, then rewind and do it again. And the kids can do it as many times as they like when, they do the, when they're watching it on a recording. And that's something I did as a music teacher with a primary class today. I recorded something. I sang something for them to sing with me. And then I said, if you didn't get it, go back. We'll try it again as many times as you like. The benefit to doing live instruction is you can actually check for understanding live. Um, if you're, you've done a recording, you obviously don't have that benefit. So checking for understanding live um, is, is obviously heaps better. Um, so you can do that, but obviously you have some of the downsides to, um, to what I explained before. Step six of seven. Uh, I would give instructions for independent work. So up until now, uh, my teaching has been me showing them how to do something and potentially them doing it at the same time as me. And um, them doing it at the same time as me, I would. Uh, you can obviously do that live, and you get the instant response back of them being doing them doing it with you. Uh, with the recording, you can encourage them to do it with you, but you don't know that they are doing it, but you're assuming that they are. Um, now you're up to the point where you say to them, all right, I want you to go and do something. Um, you've shown them how to do it. Now you want them to actually prove that they can do it for themselves. And um, this could be something like a quiz. So Josh and I have talked about how we could actually make a quiz on Schoolbox, uh, which is our learning management system, which then would give us the feedback as to whether the kids do it. And I suppose... One of the most crucial aspects to add into this step six part uh, and a question for me to ask as a teacher is how am I finding out that the kids do actually know it? Um, and I suppose that's the benefit of learning management systems is you can often put in there um, something that marks for itself. And um, I think that's a really good time management thing for us as teachers because there's a lot more time that goes into a lot of these lessons that we're spending uh, during the pandemic creating resources. But then also um, this uh, new environment, if we can save time in other ways, it will be really beneficial. Yeah, I think it's about using the LMS that you've got um, or just trying to work out a way that the kids can upload what they've learnt from that lesson up to the LMS so that you can mark it or you can check it. Yep. Um, and so even in a pandemic, we can get the kids to be working 
you know, from home, doing the activities that we've asked them to do online. Mm. And some of those activities aren't going to be able to get done straight away. It might take them a day or two, and there's nothing wrong with that. And then saying to them, you know, uh, the activity that I've given you today in class, I, I want a, a response uploaded to our LMS um, by next week. And that way you've got a place for them to put their their work and digitally upload it for you to have a look at and just check how much they've understood. Mm. And I suppose the other thing too is that if you've got a learning management system where um, it kind of shows the, the students' names there or if you've just got a checklist there, you can see who's done it. And that's so important because you don't want anyone to fall through the cracks in their learning um, and it, before you move on to the next thing, especially if it's prerequisite knowledge before you move on to something, you need to make sure everybody can do it. So that's why I'm so glad that we can use a, a learning management system like what we've got. All right, step seven is where the students actually attempt the task. Uh, so step six was just giving them instructions. Step seven, you're onto them doing the task. I think there are two options for this, um, and I think there are pros and cons to both. Um, option one is that you get everyone to stay on the line in the call if you are doing a conference call um, in the lesson. And they stay there so that you can, I suppose, keep an eye on them. Uh, they can ask you a question and get instant feedback, and that can be beneficial. So you could do it that way. Uh, there's a pro to that. The con of that is that they're, they're still kind of in each other's face, and they don't get the opportunity to completely shut off all outside uh, distractions. And I, mean, I suppose that's the, uh, that's the awesome thing about a kid being at home is that they can completely shut out other distractions and they can do their work. Um, if they need to, if you're using Microsoft Teams, uh, they could jump on and write a question in the the chat to, to clarify something and that would be fine or if you stay on the call they could jump straight back on the call and ask you a question uh, but it's just a great way to shut out all other stimulus um, the other way obviously is that you could just end the call uh, and then the, the kids can um, do their work independently for a while they can either jump back on for the call in the last five ten minutes or if you're using a learning management system or some other way in which they upload work then you can just at least see that they've completed the task by the end of the lesson in that way and uh, that's how I think I would probably be ending my lessons. Yeah, that's such great advice, Cam. I knew I brought you on this show for a reason. <laughs> uh, you're a smart man and you've thought these things through. And so on every podcast episode, we want to offer people a grab and go. I guess what I want to do for today's grab and go is can we summarize what you've just said, those steps one mm -hmm. through to seven in a really succinct way. Yep. And so step one, before class, upload the lesson outline so that the students have that. And it can that can be done a week or so even before. Step two, Start a Zoom or Teams uh, conference call that the students can join. Step three, do your warm-up. Start going through the prior content that you've taught with them and making sure that they're engaging in that. Step four, talk to them about what they're going to learn today and how they're going to be successful today. Step five is then teach the new content. Go and, and actually show them what they need to learn next. And have them do that with you as well so that you know that they're ready to have some work on their own to do. Step six is then to give them instructions for that independent work. And then step seven is to end the conference call, allow them to do that work that you've left for them to do. And then at the end of the period, allow them to come together back on the conference call and just let you know how they went. And if possible, have them upload the work that they've done to the LMS so that you can check it. Yeah, I think that's just a really simple scaffold that those who are, are teaching in this situation in this pandemic can take. And one of the, the 
I guess the tried and true uh, methods that we would encourage people to do is have a routine. This may not necessarily be your routine, but the fact that you've actually written this down and this is going to be your routine with your class, I think it provides stability. Mm. I think it helps you. You know exactly what you're going to do in every lesson and you just fulfill each criteria. You go through your steps and that way every lesson counts. Every lesson has um, a, a real good structure to it and a routine to it. The students get used to it. And in a pandemic where things are a little bit sort of all over the place, let's provide our students with some structure and the way that we do things being the same each time just really helps to bring that about for our students. And it's going to really help them in their learning. We want to thank you today for being with us at That Teacher Podcast. Also want to thank again Cameron for being here with us today. It's my pleasure to be on here and thank you once again for solidifying my place as the favourite co-host on the podcast. That's no problems at all, just don't tell anyone. Um, But I do want to thank you for sharing uh, some great insights into how we as teachers can teach still teach during this pandemic Mm. and uh, we do hope and believe that this will soon come to an end and we'll all get to come back to normal and see our students once again Uh, but until then uh, we will keep putting out great teaching content and we still encourage you to subscribe to that teacher podcast you'll never miss an episode if you subscribe and we hope to see you again next episode thanks for being with us bye